This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another edition of Future Brew, our Michigan football and basketball recruiting podcast here on SB Nation's Maize and Brew. My name is Vaughn Lozon. Joining me today is Maize and Brew recruiting writer John Simmons. John, how you doing, man? It's a, a very rainy and cloudy day over here in Royal Oak, Michigan. I hope it's a little sunnier over there in New yeah, York. Is it's it? a little bit better today. It rained all night, but it finally cleared up. Yeah, it's, it's been raining like nonstop over here in uh, Metro Detroit, and I think it's supposed to rain the next day or so. So uh, hoping to get some sun here, but uh, let's look ahead to a brighter horizon, shall we? And we'll we'll jump right in. We'll trans smooth transition right into our uh, first topic here with uh, JJ McCarthy, uh, Michigan's crown jewel of the 2021 class. He announced his intentions to transfer down to IMG Academy for his senior season, which is pretty big news. IMG is a big powerhouse. They play all of the other big powerhouse high school football programs and. Michigan is no stranger to going down to IMG and getting talent down there. And uh, it, this move is primarily based on the pandemic right now. Uh, JJ wanted to finish his senior season at Nazareth Academy in Illinois, but it doesn't really look like high school sports are going to happen in Illinois this fall. So the move definitely makes sense on his part, uh, him being the competitor that he is and wanting to uh, you know, he doesn't really even have anything to prove at this point. Uh, he's already a five-star. He's been a five-star for well over a year now, and uh, he's going to probably remain a five-star throughout this entire cycle. And uh, him playing down at IMG just gives him the ability to showcase his talents more to a, a bigger audience uh, at a higher level of play, obviously. Uh, and then, hell, who knows? Maybe he'll be able to recruit some of those other guys down at IMG to Michigan. Um, so, John, let me ask you, what were your first thoughts when you saw this? And uh, do you think there's any benefit to um, uh, Michigan's recruiting here uh, in the 2021 class, maybe beyond? Or And do you think that there are any downsides to this move? Uh, yeah, I think I was kind of surprised when I saw it. Uh, I don't know, just until I heard more of, his reasoning why he wanted to go down there, you know, to have his senior season be played. That makes a lot of sense for him. I think the the benefits are he gets to have, I think, a lot better coaching. Um, you know, IMG is basically a college uh, environment down there. They have some really good coaches. And, uh, you know, nutrition and strength training and stuff will all be a big step up as well. So I think it will definitely help him develop more as a player. 
Um, I think, yeah, he'll be able to recruit some guys. I was looking around at some of the other IMG uh, players down there. I'm not sure there's a ton in the 2021 class that you could go after as of now, just because, you know, it's a little too late. And a lot of these recruitments like JC Latham, who Michigan was in for a while, but it's probably more Ohio state now. Um, but you know, 2022 miles Rousers down there. Now he McCarthy going there can only help pull him back into class. Um, I do think a downside is leaving Nazareth. He also leaves his teammate, uh, Tyler Morris, who's a top 50 receiver in 2022. Um, you know, they're still going to be friends and stuff, but I think, you know, having JJ in his ear all the time during the season in, in school and stuff, well, uh, it won't be the same, obviously. So Michigan's in a really good spot there, and I don't think it'll make or break the recruitment. But I think uh, maybe that's a possible downside of him leaving. Yeah, I I didn't even think about that honestly. I, that, that's honestly a really good point that you bring up because he was uh, uh, he well uh, early on he's one of the bigger uh, wide receiver recruits in the 2022 class, and it seemed like he and JJ were really tight at Nazareth and. Uh, it seemed like he was trying to get him on board to Michigan and Michigan may still lead or, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it, uh, at this point, but yeah, it'll definitely be a little tougher in that recruitment. Uh, there's no doubt about it. And yeah, I was looking at the uh, players for IMG Academy as well. And, uh, really the only one that they would be going after more than likely is, I mean, maybe Markevious Brown, the uh, cornerback, but, I mean, everyone else is pretty much already committed. He'll be able to uh, team up with uh, Michigan commit in the 2021 class as well. Uh, Greg Crippen, who is the uh, center recruit, he's going to be playing his senior season down at IMG as well. So he'll be able to form a bond with a future teammate uh, during his high school uh, senior season. So that's always uh, certainly good. So, yeah, I don't think recruiting will be like a huge factor here. Uh, in terms of you know, getting more guys on board in the 2021 class, uh, perhaps, like you say, maybe there will be a few guys in the 2022 class that they'll be able to um, get in their ear, persuade to, you know, maybe visit Michigan, maybe, you know, whatever the case may be. So uh, we'll certainly see what happens. I think at the end of the day, it's it's probably a pretty good move, especially considering that he wouldn't have been able to suit up at all. If he stayed in Illinois, uh, just considering this whole pandemic and it doesn't really look like they're going to be able to do a whole lot of high school athletics in the fall uh, over in Illinois. So uh, I think it's good. I, I think it's good for him that he was able to do this real quick, make the transition really, really quickly, uh, get acclimated to Florida life and and uh, get things rolling. And I think the most significant thing here. Uh, that we haven't brought up yet is that he's going to be able to enroll early now at uh, U of M because originally uh, if he stayed at Nazareth, it kind of looked like he was going to have to stay uh, throughout the course of his senior season. He wouldn't have been able to graduate early, but now that he goes down to IMG, he'll be able to officially graduate early, enroll to Michigan in January and uh, become an early enrollee at U of M. I think that's pretty big as well. Yeah, that's a definitely a big advantage that I failed to mention before. Um, he's always, he's kind of been chomping at the bit to get into Michigan. You know, he wants to kind of start his process as soon as he can and contribute early. So enrolling early is definitely a big priority for him. 
So being able to go there will will definitely be huge and will only increase his odds, I'd say, of him, you know, starting this uh, his true freshman season, depending on how all the other quarterbacks dominoes fall in Michigan's depth chart. But uh, he's going to have a really good shot, and I think he's setting himself up to play early. Yeah, he's he certainly is, and he's no doubt about it. I mean, stars aside. Um, definitely the top quarterback prospect that Jim Harbaugh has recruited to Michigan at this point. Um, I mean, Brandon Peters was a very good high school quarterback, Dylan McCaffrey, Joe Milton, um, all high school quarterbacks that clearly had talent, but, uh, JJ, it's kind of just on another level that you, you can just tell with his film and his, his work ethic. And, uh, I, I mean, everything I, I, the kid just, he, he just, reeks of a quarterback that Jim Harbaugh would love to coach. And uh, I, I think that, uh, yeah, I, th- I think he's definitely going to have a chance to play his true freshman season, which I don't think a Michigan quarterback uh, tr- has played his true freshman season since Chad Henney. I, I think that's the last uh, quarterback at U of M to start his true freshman season. So um, we'll certainly see. I wouldn't be too surprised just like you said, how the dominoes fall, it, w- it wouldn't shock me if if J.J. was prepared and and um, had the talent to play his true freshman season. Uh, we will certainly see how all that plays out. But yeah, so J.J. McCarthy, five-star, number 15 overall, heading down to IMG Academy to play his final season of high school football. I think that's uh, pretty significant, uh, whichever way you want to look at it. And hopefully... There will be uh, uh, some good things on the horizon for Michigan in the 2022 recruiting class because I just I, I don't see any benefits to that in 2021. But uh, we will certainly see how it all plays out for uh, the 2022 class. But but uh, let's move on here, John. Uh, let's talk about uh, just this whole pandemic in general. It's obviously been uh, a huge inconvenience for everybody. Um, myself, yourself, everyone, uh, and especially in the world of recruiting. And with the dead period now being extended once again, where recruits can't visit campuses throughout the entire month of May, but now throughout the entire month of June, which is uh, really putting a damper on kids' official visits. That's usually, I mean, this this is the prime time. Right now is, is really the prime time when kids start to take those official visits narrow down their top lists, and some of them even commit uh, to their programs. And uh, Michigan had a lot of commitments last June when they had their, they usually have a, a weekend in June where they have a big recruiting weekend. They bring in all of their top uh, targets and uh, they all bond, they all get together, they all hang out, have a good time. And uh, last year, uh, there was like five or six commitments, maybe even more than that. There were a ton of commitments from that weekend in June. It was like the third weekend in June where they all got together and it was just one after another that they just kept committing. And uh, obviously Michigan won't be able to do that this year, which is a huge detriment because Michigan really takes advantage of their official visits. When they bring these kids in, they, they strategically do it, I feel, where they bring in these kids all at the same time and they all get together and bond. And uh, they just end up committing. So clearly, Michigan won't be able to do that this season, uh, or this recruiting cycle, I should say. We'll see what happens with July, because Michigan also hosts a barbecue at the Big House. It's a recruiting 
summer tradition that they've been doing for the last like I don't know, 10 years or so, maybe it goes, goes back to the rich rod days. Um, so, uh, for their sake, hopefully they're able to do that, but they won't be able to have this big June recruiting weekend. And, uh, there have been several commitments that are missing out on visits. Uh, Garrett Dellinger, the in-state kid uh, out of Clarkston, uh, he was probably uh, one of the bigger offensive tackle uh, targets that uh, Ed Warner's going after. He won't be able to make his official visit that was supposed to be in June. Uh, also on the offensive line, I think Tristan Bounds was, uh, was supposed to have an official visit or, or a visit of some sort in June. And, uh, he won't be able to make that visit now. He's another offensive tackle target. So with, with this happening all over the country, kids not being able to make official visits, I think this is a bigger detriment to Michigan than other schools. Ohio state's already had a ton of kids, uh, lock in their commitments to their class. They've got the number one class in the country. As of now, Tennessee has went on a really big uh, recruiting rampage, and they've had a lot of kids commit. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this happens uh, continuously throughout the next month or so here with uh, not just Michigan recruits, but just recruits in general. But uh, what do you look at when you see all of this happening, John? And uh, do you think that this is a bigger deal to Michigan than other schools? What do you think about all that? Um, yeah, I don't know how to how to say if Michigan is being hurt more or less than other schools during this. Um, they do they did really center their recruiting calendar around the end of June. In the last couple cycles, ever since they started allowing official visits in the spring, um, so yeah, not having that weekend is gonna is a big blow to Michigan's usual recruiting operations. Um, yeah, they did have to cancel a lot of official visits even before uh, the pandemic started. They had they were lining up official visits from guys like Travion Henderson and Victor Ivaca in those dates, and obviously the uh, visits being canceled changed those recruitments a lot. So those guys were off the board even before the deadline could be extended, but um, they had a bunch of other top targets expected to be on campus. Um, I think even when you're, you're setting up these visits, you kind of had, had to know that there's a good chance they wouldn't happen, but it's still good just to lock them in um, as soon as possible, just in the off chance that something uh, you know positive happens and they, they get to have them, then they're on the schedule and – uh, you, you're all ready to recruit them hard and get them on campus. But now that they're gone, you just have to keep plugging away. I'd say, um, I, I think the pandemic has caused like Jim Harbaugh to be more involved in recruiting again and calling these guys every week and stuff like that. So I think it mm-hmm. has helped them pick up steam in some other races. Uh, so yeah, it would be kind of interesting just to see the timeline of what Michigan's recruiting would look like without it versus what it is now and to see the different guys are in on or, or not and who's changed uh, over time, really. Yeah, so according to 24-7 here, uh, Michigan, I mean, obviously it's going to be bigger than the, than this number I'm about to say, but Michigan had uh, four visits lined up for these recruits. And David Davikov was supposed to visit June 5th, Rod Moore June 12th, Victor Ivaca June 19th, who you mentioned, and uh, Daryl Peterson on June 26th. Obviously, three of those kids have already committed, Rod Moore being Michigan, one of Michigan's latest commits. Victor Ivaca committed to Texas A&M. David Davikov committed to Iowa. So I, I don't know. I feel like if these kids were able to make these visits, I don't think David Davikov would have been committed to Iowa already. 
Victory Vaca may have committed to Texas A&M because it seemed like he wanted to commit sooner rather than later anyways. But I still think that there would have been a slight chance that he would have been uncommitted. And if Michigan really wanted him, they could have got him on campus and showed him everything and, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, so, yeah, I, I think this is uh, having a tremendous impact on uh, kids' recruitments and them wanting to commit sooner rather than later. And Matt Dudek, who's uh, Michigan's director of recruiting, he was on a podcast recently, and uh, he pretty much said the same thing, that uh, these kids are wanting to commit sooner rather than later. And uh, you're seeing it all over the 2021 class. And uh, I, I certainly wouldn't be shocked to see this trend continue. But um, it's certainly unfortunate for Michigan that some of these top targets, like David Koff, was uh, one of their top targets on the offensive line is probably not going to be visiting and is probably just going to keep his commitment to Iowa. And uh, I don't know. Do you think that there's any chance that uh, a lot of these kids end up decommitting? Just, you know, if the states open up and they're able to take these uh, recruiting trips, do you think that there's any chance that there would be a ton of decommitments in this class, John? Yeah, I think it's pretty likely we're going to see a bunch of decommitments happening it'll probably be when kids are allowed to start taking visits again guys who visit who committed without you know visiting campus or the school that they're committing to you know or are just kind of reserving spots in the class now it may open things up so it's definitely going to be a wild end to the the recruiting cycle i'd say uh when it happens in the fall or whenever kids can make uh visits again it's kind of hard to say right now but i want to when it does happen, a lot of, I think there's going to be a lot of decommitments for sure. So uh, even if a guy that Michigan likes is off the board now, it doesn't mean the recruitment's over for sure. Some guys, they kind of, uh, you know, say that this is over now that they've committed, like Corey Conner to LSU. I don't think they're pushing there anymore. Um, mm-hmm. But other guys, they may still want to, to keep uh, – pushing behind the scenes uh, just in case uh, that they, they want to open it up later on. Yeah. And that goes for Michigan commitments too, uh, for, for what I was saying earlier. I, I like for, for some of these kids that have committed super early and I'm not going to name any names obviously, cause I, I don't have any information on if kids are going to decommit or not, but I certainly wouldn't be shocked to see, you know, a kid or two and, and decommitments happen every cycle, regardless of a pandemic or not. But I wouldn't be stunned to see a couple kids in Michigan's class already decommit, um, you know, whether it be states open back up and they take other visits and don't want to end up going to Michigan or whatever the case may be. I just wouldn't be too stunned by that if uh, that were to happen. It usually happens regardless. So we will certainly see. But uh, we're going to take a short break here. We'll be back and uh, we will wrap up with some more football recruiting. So stick around. We will be right back. And we are back. We're going to wrap up our podcast today, talking more Michigan football recruiting. And Michigan has had uh, some good news come their way recently. They've had a few crystal balls uh, go to some of their top targets in the 2021 class. Obviously, crystal balls shouldn't be viewed as uh, guarantees or anything along those lines, but it's uh, certainly good to see these roll through. So let's just talk about one of the more recent ones here uh, within the last day or so. Christian Dixon, wide receiver from Matter Day High School in Santa Ana, California. Uh, He's 6'2", 187, four-star. He's uh, 168 overall right now. 
there are uh, seven crystal ball predictions and six of the seven are in for Michigan. And that last one is a very, very old Notre Dame crystal ball that was put in. It's been longer than a year now, but all the other ones were put in over the last couple days here uh, at our time of recording. So uh, Michigan's already got one receiver in the class and uh, they're probably looking for two maybe three more, I would say at least two, but uh, they're looking at other guys like Xavier Worthy, who we've talked about on the pod before, uh, but already got Marcus Allen, who is a very similarly built wide receiver to Christian Dixon. Obviously, Dixon would be a, a good commitment to have if you're Josh Gaddis. He's been going after him for the last few months. They offered him back in January, uh, so it would definitely be a good pickup for Michigan if they're able to get him. Yeah, definitely. It kind of came out of nowhere, which is uh, pretty surprising. You know, good news for Michigan since Cal had been leading for what it looked like and things changed pretty quickly in Michigan's favor. So Gaddis must have been really putting in the work uh, behind the scenes here. Um, I think getting a kid from Matter Day is always a tough pull across the country, though they did get Green Warren last year. And uh, I think it can help when they're recruiting guys like Damani Jackson the five-star cornerback in 2022 cycle. Um, you know, I think Dixon will be a good fit. He's got the length that uh, Gaddis is looking for in this class. He'll, I think he'll pair nicely with Marcus Allen. Um, and then it allows them to maybe take one more outside guy in the class, but also focus on the slot with another California kid like Xavier Worthy. Um, we'll see how the numbers work out. I know Gaddis wants more receivers on in on Michigan's roster so they may squeeze in another guy um you know like mm-hmm. Lorenzo Styles or Jaden Thomas out of Georgia or someone like that and I kind of I kind of want them to push to get that another one too because I think Gaddis is in position with some other good prospects here and he's one of the best recruiters so on Michigan mm-hmm. staff so might as well use his talents as much as possible yeah, Dixon put Michigan in his top eight. Uh, I think it was last month at this point. It was uh, Michigan, Oregon, Texas A&M, USC, Nebraska, LSU, Washington State, and Cal, like you previously mentioned. And it looked like Cal was out in front, and then all these crystal balls come in for Michigan, and things are looking pretty good. Uh, but yeah, Gaddis must have you know started recruiting his ass off and just uh, you know going on Zoom video calls every other day with the kid. Um, but I like this, uh, the 24 sevens, uh, recruiting analyst out West, uh, Blair Angelo, he, he, in his, uh, comparison, he, uh, compared Dixon's game to uh, Jordan Payton of the Cleveland Browns. And he writes dynamic pass catcher and downfield threat, major nuisance on the outside. So I, I think anytime that you can get someone to write, that you're a major nuisance on the outside, I, I would take that as uh, as pretty good if, if that's something that you're looking for in the wide receiver class, and uh, Michigan certainly is. They, they yeah. want those downfield threats because they got all the slot guys last year, so would not be a bad pickup whatsoever. And did you want to add anything before we move on here, John? I was just going to say if I read major nuisance for a position like description, I would say cornerback, not a wide receiver, so... He must yeah. do something good, yeah, down there. I think he's kind of more of a technician guy who's really good with his routes and stuff. So, yeah, it must be pretty annoying to cover him. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, it, it must be quite the challenge for these uh, defensive backs out west to uh, match up with him. So we will certainly see if that 
ends up being uh, better news for Michigan or not. But uh, another one, uh, this one's a little less significant because Michigan just got one crystal ball over the last couple days here. Uh, it was a George Rooks, who is a defensive tackle uh, from Jersey City, New Jersey, St. Peter's Prep High School. He's listed at 6'4", 260. Uh, he is the number 12 D tackle and the number 201 overall recruit in the class on the composite. Uh, this is another one that kind of came out of nowhere, quite honestly. Sean Nua and, and Sharon Moore are leading the pack in this recruitment. And, uh, you know, with the way that Michigan's recruiting D linemen, they need a kid that can just, you know, plug up the middle and uh, really do the dirty work in the middle of the defensive line. And, and Rooks is a good player. Uh, he, he can, he's kind of a versatile piece. Honestly, he can play inside. He can play three tech. Uh, he, he can play the anchor in Don Brown's defense. I, I think if he bulked up a little bit, he could play anchor. I don't think he would ever be like a pure pass rusher by any means, but uh, he, he, he does some real nice things that Michigan could really use on the defensive line. Yeah, definitely. It's kind of funny that Michigan, finally gets a prediction for a, you know, a stud four-star defensive tackle, and it seems like Michigan wants him to play defensive end. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I think this kind of speaks to how Don Brown wants the defensive lineman to be versatile and play a lot of roles, like you mentioned, and I think Rooks can definitely do that. He's already 260, um, so I think that he eventually does grow into a defensive tackle down the line, so I don't think there's too much to be worried about there. Um, they may just be saying, and to start out with, and then see how his development goes. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, looking at uh, Rooks's other contenders, there's not a lot of big time names that Michigan's going to be have too trouble winning battles against. His dad played at Syracuse, um, so the Orange are uh, a, uh, who've been have been in the his recruitment for a while. Miami, uh, Notre Dame cooled on him. They were once up there uh, for him, so. I think it's pretty wide open for Michigan to win here. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm looking at his offer list right now, and uh, the three warm schools on 24-7 are Michigan, Syracuse, and Pitt. And then you go down to all these other schools that uh, have sent him offers like Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Notre Dame. So he does have good offers, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it just seems like He's just looking to do something else. I don't know if these schools just stopped recruiting him or not, but I mean, hell, if, if he's a four-star and he's a D-tackle, sign me up, man. I, that's that's what Michigan needs. That Michigan needs some kids to uh, to to have some some uh, some bulk and play in the middle. And uh, and again, just another kind of interesting evaluation here from uh, Brian Doan, who is. Again, another 24-7 analyst here. He says, uh, wide-shouldered frame and lean carries 260 pounds like 240. So, again, yeah, he can play three-tech. Uh, he can play D-end. Uh, he he can kind of just work all over the place. So, uh, he's a good player for sure. He's not going to be like a, uh, uh, you know, like a pass-rushing D-tackle like, uh, like you would hope for uh, if you're, Michigan in this recruiting class because they do need a couple D tackles in this class. Don't get me wrong, but Rooks would be a good addition uh, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but but moving on, uh, one of the more exciting ones, in my opinion, at least that 
happened over the last uh, week or so. It started with a, a Blair Angelo uh, out west putting in a crystal ball for Quentin Somerville, who is a uh, very close to a top 100 player. He used to be in the top 100, and he's kind of just dipped down uh, ever since those initial rankings were sent out. And then another crystal ball came in a few days ago. So there's two crystal balls now in for uh, Quentin Somerville, four-star defensive end. He's from Scottsdale, Arizona. Like I said, he's at 104 overall in the composite number nine strong side defensive end. But at the end of the day, he's not really a strong side defensive end. I think he's more so a weak side. He's a pass rusher. Um, he, he's kind of a versatile piece as well. They list him at 6'1", 230, but I don't know how accurate that is. I think he could be an inch or so taller than 6'1", um, but nonetheless, he's a uh, he, he's very good. He's versatile. He's he's good at getting at the quarterback and uh, someone that Sean New has been recruiting for a really, really long time. I think he's been recruiting him since his days at Arizona State. So uh, the relationship goes back a couple years and uh, obviously that has paid dividends for Michigan to be in this recruitment, let alone to get a couple crystal balls thrown their way. Yeah, definitely. I do think Somerville is like some team measured him on a visit and said he was six, two and a half, six, three. So I, I, yeah, I don't think six, one is accurate. And I don't think you'd be, you know, a top almost a hundred player if that was true um, with his frame, but yeah, he's uh, always been really uh, positive about Michigan. He visited over a year ago now at this point. He was supposed to come up for the Ohio State game, but he didn't. Um, so when he can visit again, that Michigan's definitely going to be one of his first stops. And I think the staff's done a really good job to stay on top of him for this long without him visiting. I think usually in that kind of situation, it's pretty easy for either the school side or the, the player to kind of fade on uh, one the other party just because there hasn't been a lot of face-to-face contact, but um, that that communication's been kept up throughout this entire time, and I think it's going to pay off eventually. Yeah. Um, you know, George is kind of lurking, but I don't. I'm not sure if he if they'll have room for him, or they're targeting other guys uh, like a Dallas Turner or someone. Um, other than that, I don't think there's a big threat there that uh, is in kind of Mich- Michigan standing right now for him. So, uh, Sean New is looking to make a big splash in. 20 the 2021 class and i think that somerville is a good candidate to be that guy certainly wrapping up here let's talk about a couple linebackers uh with a couple crystal ball recently for michigan uh, Jaden hood he's an inside linebacker uh, he plays down at fort lauderdale florida at st thomas aquinas uh he's I, I think we've talked about him on the pod before he's more like the devin bush inside linebacker kind of guy that they like recruiting at Michigan. And then uh, Junior Colson, uh, who is more of your traditional weak side linebacker on the outside. He's from uh, Brentwood, Tennessee. He's number 128 on the composite. So he's a fringe top 100 player too. But uh, both getting pretty recent crystal ball predictions. Colson's got one uh, to Michigan from Barton Simmons, who is the director of scouting at 24-7. And uh, he, he doesn't really throw around crystal balls very lightly. Um, so, uh, again, would be two great additions for Michigan's class. I think they would probably be pretty set at linebacker if they land both these kids. Yeah, I think so. I think the the linebacker board is one of the clearest ones out there right now at any position. Um, yeah. So it's basically Colson or uh, Colson and Hood and uh, 
They look like they have a great shot with both. Hood, I think, is waiting. He's uh, been pretty uh, thorough about his recruitment. He wants his first commitment to be his last commitment, which is good. And, you know, the pandemic makes that kind of hard, especially when you're not allowed to take visits and not being able to go see Michigan's the, the one thing holding him back. So he could either wait it out till when he can visit, and then when he does, I'd say he's a pretty high candidate to commit, um, or he may decide to pull the trigger, trigger early and uh, do it before he can get up there if there's a lot of uncertainty and there doesn't really seem to be an end in sight. So it could happen any time. I, I think he wanted to a couple weeks ago, but his family kind of told him to hold off. So uh, it, it, it just... I think the onus is on Michigan here to, to keep it up and keep those positive feelings high for, for Hood. And then same thing with Colson. They're battling Tennessee right now, who is scorching hot right on the trail. So that kind of gives you pause. But I think uh, Michigan's developed really good relationships with Colson, and he has been on campus before. So uh, you don't have to worry about you know any uncertainty about what the campus or facilities are like or anything with that. Yeah, Brian Jean-Marie leading the way for both those guys and Don Brown, obviously uh, lending a helping hand as well, especially with Jaden Hood. I think he's been really big in, in his recruitment as well. But yeah, they've they've already got two linebackers committed in 2021. Casey Finney, who of course is uh, the three-star from Massachusetts, and then Tyler McLaurin, who uh, committed not long ago. He is a three-star as well. So uh, would probably be a pretty good wrap up to the linebacker uh, recruiting in 2021, considering they had quite a bit of guys in the 2020 class as well. So I think they would be pretty set with uh, those two. But um, I think that's uh, that's about all I got, John. Was there anything else about any anything in particular with these crystal balls that uh, you wanted to uh, throw out their way? Uh, not really. I think we we covered all our bases here today yeah i think so too i appreciate you as always johnny boy and i appreciate you guys for listening and checking out our podcast you can follow me on twitter at vaughn underscore lozon and john where are you at on twitter at simmons underscore john you can follow maize and brew on twitter at maize and brew give maize and brew a like on facebook and instagram as well and be sure to subscribe and give all of our podcasts five stars. We would really appreciate that. We will be back next week with more Michigan recruiting action. So for John Simmons, I am Vaughn Lozon. We'll talk to you next week, and go Blue.